If you find your joy in your finances, what happens when you lose your job or when the stock market crashes? This is why our joy is positional. And this is exactly what Ray was saying in Luke chapter 10, when the apostles were rejoicing that the demons were subject to them. You say, listen, you know, Mm. we rejoice because our names are written in heaven. That's it. And therefore, when anything else comes our way, we, we can put it in perspective that we're just passing through, right? This is not our home. That is the positional circumstance in which we find our joy. Uh, yep, right, right, yep, yep, uh, yep, right, right, yep, right, ah, uh, right, yep, yep, right, right, That's enough. yep, yep. Explain <laughs> that, Ray. Yep, right is what New Zealand's Australians say when they, instead of saying, okay, yep, right, yep, right. If you talk to someone on the phone in New Zealand, during the conversation, they'll just let you know they're there by saying, yep, right, right, yep. I'll yep. never forget when I was enlightened to that, Rachel and I were just getting to know each other. I was going over to the house. I heard you talking to one of your relatives in New Zealand. I think your sister or your mom or someone. Uh-huh. And every other response, oh, yep, right, right. Oh, yep, yep. Oh, yep, right, right. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, the American equivalent is, okay. Right. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Okay, oh, but okay. Ray, okay. how long have we been doing this? Every single time mm-hmm. we call each other, Yep, How do right. we answer the phone? Yep, right. Yep, yep, right. It's <laughs> really funny. I used to fascinate people. I go, I'm going to call Ray right now. Watch what he does. And he'd pick up the phone for like 30 seconds. Yep, yep, right, right. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. All right. Yep, yep, right. Yep, yep, slight yep. evangelistic exaggeration. Uh, it's like two or three times, four times. Four or five hey, minutes. Speaking of that, um, did you hear the thunder this morning? Oh, I saw oh, the yeah. lightning. I Last was driving in. You didn't hear the thunder? It was like It was over our house. I, I, I got to admit, I have a... I have a great joy and trembling when I hear thunder, both at the same time. I just absolutely love it because it's, it just makes me think of God. Mm. You know, when, when God spoke to Jesus, they thought it thundered, mm. you know, and, and God's not even displaying his power. This is just nature playing around. He's not even showing his anger. Yeah. I, did I mention Rachel and I were in Colorado and the, the, the thunder actually made the place we we're staying shake? Really? And I was in one of my little twilight, like sleep talking episodes. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. It was like, I heard it coming from afar. It's like, it was like, wow. And then the place was just like, whoa, whoa. Cowabunga. <laughs> you sound like a surfer. <laughs> whoa, cowabunga, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Mark does shaka bra. And it rained. It rained. Oh, yeah, you're rejoicing. We were, oh, we were mocking. Sound of rain. So, yeah. For sound those of rain you is... who are confused as to why Ray is so excited that it rained, because where you live, it probably rains all the time. In Southern California, we're in a drought, mm-hmm. and rain is very foreign to us. We don't know what it is. You know what else, too, is running spell? water. So I was, uh, I was speaking at a retreat in Seattle, and we were driving up uh. into the mountains, and uh, I look over, and there's this like river with like rapids in running water. And I'm like, whoa. I look over at the guys. I'm like, what river is that? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. It's just a river. I'm like, I don't even, they're like, it's just a stream. I'm like, just a river. I I tried to explain to them. You have to understand the only river we have in Southern California is the Santa Ana river. And there's homeless people living in it. Yeah. Like we don't have running water. And it's the same with blue sky. You travel overseas. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Rachel and I were in uh, Washington State. We're in a city called Puyallup, and they mocked us because we wanted an umbrella. 
because it was raining outside. They're like, uh, we don't use umbrellas here. And I'm like, what? I mean, you know, rain is so commonplace that they don't bother. Yeah. So I also say crazy. Southern Californians, we vacation, while most people vacation into good weather, we vacation into bad weather. Cause we think <laughs> we're like, we go to London and it's foggy. And we're like, Ooh, how charming. We vacation <laughs> into the snow, right? But everyone else vacations into the sun. You know what? That needs to be a part of our merch. (laughs) Ooh, how charming. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, Oscar Navarro. But friends, I do have a crowdfunder idea that I know all of you are going to be excited about. How come you missed using the word thunder when you mentioned crowdfunder? Crowdfunder? (laughs) Thunder? Funder? Why do you do that, Ray? Actually, I noticed that sometimes with the TH sound, you guys will use an F. Do not. Yes, you do. (laughs) Funder. <laughs> no. Did you hear it thunder this morning? <laughs> 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 Emil Teacow's way. Oh, that was good. Um, I met a guy in New York once. His name was Keith. Keith yes. And I, I thought, knew. what a rotten thing to do to yeah, a kid. Isn't that Keith for Sutherland? It's Keith. Keith. Keith for Sutherland. And then That's someone the thing, right? we knew someone named Tom. Tabitha. 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 <laughs> Not Tha-ta. <laughs> I know somebody named Mark. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's Why don't people check name. with you before they name their kids? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don't even get me going on names, Mark. Oh. Anyway. I want to call yeah, my- crowdfunder. Mm. Uh, a crowdfunder campaign, friends, where we raise billions of dollars to invent this hypersonic um, drone that every time Oscar pours a cup of coffee, <laughs> it zooms over so fast he can't see it or stop it and pours creamer into his coffee. Why mm. would you torment me? Wouldn't I was that be amazing? No. I was explaining to Easy that I'm getting an entire coffee set up in my office. And for listeners that you don't know, mm. when you walk through the front door, the very first office that's there is my office. And so I explained to Easy every right. morning he's going to walk in and smell the aroma oh, of look, freshly Oh, look, popcorn-flavored coffee. coffee. <laughs> Are you going to make coffee for other people? Absolutely, yeah. But it's, it's not going to matter, All are welcome, Because once for, my super high, high supersonic drone does its work, I love coffee. It needs creamer. This morning I poured a cup of coffee and i said okay for oscar's sake i'm gonna try it without cream pr- but you can't do that with just any cup of coffee it has to be a good cup of coffee folgers ah! Ah! look at that at the same time folgers in your cup do they say is the folgers like supposed to be like the worst brand and they make it out to be like the best uh, lawsuit oscar would you ever drink folgers uh no <laughs> you're such a coffee i don't know well i don't drink coffee like I am not a ut- utilitarian coffee drinker. What I don't does that drink mean? it. Whatever. Like I don't drink it before caffeine. I drink it because I enjoy it. Ah, I'm not whatever. utilitarian with it. Anyway, I try to sip, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing this motor oil. So <laughs> disgusting. Anyways, friends, this is from Uper listener. <laughs> I don't make this stuff up. Uper listener. Looks. New favorite podcast. My sister-in-law has been a faithful listener for months, mentioning your podcast many times. So last week, I put on my first episode. I've probably listened to 20 episodes in the last five days. So, so encouraging and convicting. I'm so thankful for this resource to grow closer to the Lord, meditating on His truths throughout the day. P.S. I'd love to be able to purchase some merch. Speaking of merch. Confirmation. It's coming. It's happening. I've, uh, seen, I've seen the... Uh, parkas. 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 <laughs> Parka merch. Ski boots. See, seriously, some of the merch that people do out there, it's like, a, you know, like a toothpick. You know what something. I would do, though? We should do fanny packs. 
Fanny what? packs? Fanny packs are what's up. Are they really bad? Are they oh, bad? 100% and they're so useful. They're genius. Are they? But now they're wearing them around their chest. That happens. Stuff, kids. Whatever, Oscar. You're always into this stuff. <laughs> Merch, good merch, friends. It's coming, and I saw the design. Am I going to give it away? But one one of our first. Uh, of course, we're not mugs. giving it away. We're selling it. Our mugs. What's that? <laughs> we're not giving it away. We're no, we're selling, selling it. but we'll give some away to listeners. We're going to figure out ways good to do thinking. that. Merch, Ooh, merch, you know merch. what? I just thought of another. We should have a mug on the inside of it that says "No Creamer Necessary." Uh, <laughs> no, my on, drone, no. my drone will take care of that. <laughs> All right, friends. Today. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't forget about. The Evidence Bible. I thought I had something else to promote, but I don't see it. Oh, well. The Evidence Bible at livingwaters.com. Why doesn't anyone ever spell it out? Do you guys still do WW? No, I actually, I've been on radio programs where I've said to the radio announcer, you don't have to say WWW anymore. That really gives someone's technology. You should start off with the HTTP. Backslash. Forward slash. Whatever. Colon. Anyway, that's not funny. Today, friends, we are talking about. I don't trust you. Uh, why do I love saying that to people? Yep, right. Just Isn't randomly that? in the middle of the time, I don't trust you. Uh, today, friends, we are talking about how to walk in joy. Do you like joy, Ray? Well, the world tends to mock the word joy, but what they're living for is to enjoy themselves. They mm. want to put joy in themselves. And you have these rock stars that say, you know, when I had a child... I suddenly realized this is what really matters in life. Because when you have a little baby, when they're not screaming and keeping you awake all night, it gives you great joy to reproduce after your own kind. So the world wants what we've got, even though they don't understand it. Yeah. I think it's helpful to define the difference between happiness and joy. Define, well, Happiness comes from what happened. Oh, happy, clappy. Like you've chappy. got you've got you've got a guy in a car with his girlfriend. The car's full of gas. It's a nice day. It's... Here is blowing in the breeze, he's playing good music, but then his money runs out, can't run the car, girlfriend leaves him, <laughs> and he can't go for a drive. He's lost his happiness because of what's happening. That's exactly right. But when you've got joy, it remains because it's, it's objective. Jesus said, rejoice not because demons are subject to you, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. That's objective. And when you have heaven as the object, the prime object of your rejoicing, no one will take your joy from you. Amen. Ray, Ray just Ray stole just all your... my notes. Look That's at because it's from one of my sermons that you've heard Man. stacks of times. Wait, wait guys, that, what, you're That's talking really about good. Ray, about uh, the guy losing his girlfriend, his car. That remind me of his joke about... Um, Country songs, if you play them in reverse. <laughs> what do they get backwards? What yeah. do they get back? They get back their dog, their girlfriend, their truck. <laughs> no, yeah. but you're exactly right. Just to add to it, happiness is surface level. It's mm -hmm. fleeting. It's circumstantial. Right. Joy is something... <laughs> you're still stealing all the Mark's material. <laughs> mm -hmm. Joy cannot be taken away. Joy uh, transcends circumstances. Right, it, it's something that is, is given to us by God that cannot be taken away, and so to have joy is everlasting. That is the essence of joy. Oh, almost made me say, "I mean, with everlasting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, our joy is practically is not practically circumstantial. That's what I said. It is positionally, <laughs> right? I mean, because what what happens when if you put your if you find your joy in your spouse? What happens when something happens to your spouse? Mm -hmm. If you find your joy in your finances, what happens when you lose your job or when the stock market crashes? 
This is why our joy is positional. And this is exactly what Ray was saying in Luke chapter 10, when the apostles were rejoicing that the demons were subject to them. You say, listen, you know, Mm. we rejoice because our names are written in heaven. That's it. And therefore, when anything else comes our way, we, we can put it in perspective that we're just passing through, right? This is not our home. That is the positional circumstance in which we find our joy, not our happiness. And I think John Piper, he interweaves the two, and he doesn't find a, uh, a distinction, which I think there is. Yeah. But All I right. love my brother. Amen. Yeah, I think everything is summed up in a very superficial sounding, but very, very deep acronym, Jesus, others, self. Yourself, <laughs> not self. <laughs> Jesus. Joss. 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 I've got Joss, 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 deep in my soul. Where? Deep in my soul. Where? Deep in my soul. Oh, dear. Yeah, Jesus, others, yourself. Mm. That's the key. If you can put God first, <laughs> seek first his kingdom, then others. Are you still laughing at that? <laughs> Joss. <laughs> <laughs> totally ruined. You can take over easy. Yeah. Ray, yeah. you messing up brings me great joy. Oh, that's yeah. good. Indeed. It's subjective. No one's going to take that joy from you. <laughs> you say, you'll never stop messing up. <laughs> yeah. You know, boy, joy. Boy, joy? Boy, boy, boy joy. It's <laughs> like a band. I meant to say boy, George. <laughs> boy, joy. Easy in the um, boy joys. I, I love this verse in Proverbs ten twenty eight. Mm-hmm. The prospect <laughs> of the righteous is joy. Yeah. The prospect of the righteous is joy. And I, I've heard the term at times used, you need to fight for joy. And I, it's a bit tried. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but, but, but I do see validity to that. You know, Ray, you've been an example to me in that because you'll talk about how sometimes you'll say this phrase, I got my joy back. I got my joy back. Uh, you'll go through something and you'll feel like your joy is dissipated. And I've seen you actually fight for, for that joy. How do you do that? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to. You've got to restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That's where your joy is, the joy of your salvation. That's what we rejoice in because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We live in Southern California. Could all be dead in two minutes. You know, a great big earthquake and we're gone. There's just no (sighs) podcast. (laughs) But because we've got an everlasting life, death can't even separate us from from the love of God. That's what we have to always remember. Not to be governed by circumstances, but be governed by what's written in God's Word. Yeah, you know, there were several prominent Bible characters who experienced uh, times of joylessness. Job wished he had never been born. Mm -hmm. We see in Job 3.11. David prayed to be taken away to a place where he would not have to deal with reality. Psalm 55. Remember that commercial, Easy? Calgon, take me away. Calgon. Take me away. Oh, I'm so sorry I brought that up. <laughs> Elijah, after defeating 450 prophets of Baal with fire, mm-hmm. when he called them down from heaven, he said that he fled to the desert and he asked for God to take his life. And you've got Jonah too. Jonah, he uh, escaped away. He wished he was never born. So we do see prominent people. So th- what about if- Mal Dowson? Who? Mal Dowson in the Old Testament? <laughs> <laughs> what about Jalabamba Oh yeah, I love that uh, one. Yeah. yeah, you got me. I, you got me on that one. But listen, I mean, it's not unusual. Is the point to be loved by anyone? Wait, no, it's not unusual. Go ahead, it's, easy. No, no, it's not no, unusual. Not unusual. Wait, that's a song. Oh no, no, it's it's Tom Jones, and it it was 
How's yeah. it go, right? I cannot sing. I bring yes, tears to be, I bring tears to people's well, eyes when I sing. Usual. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Look, yeah. if I sang down the beach, the tide wouldn't come in. Seriously, <laughs> I cannot sing. My gifting is elsewhere. Yeah, we agree, Ray. There's no debate. Like, mm-hmm. we're not debating. <laughs> we're not debating <laughs> you don't have to convince us. There was no response from anybody. Like he was re- actually trying to convince us. Get a request us. to sing on a hill <laughs> far away. Yeah. But we all experience this, right? So not just us, not just others, but people that we really look up to will have to fight for their joy. We'll wish, even as we see here, that they were never born at all. So we get that. We understand that. And this is where we have to realize that our joy is positional, that we have to look to the heavens from whence our help comes from. That's good. What do you say to somebody that is experiencing great suffering right now? Loss of a loved one, loss of a job. You've got to weep with life. those that weep. Yeah, Absolutely. But how do you remind them of the joy that they might have even in the midst of suffering. Yeah, like Paul, when he wrote the epistle of Philippians 2, uh, he wrote it in prison, right? I mean, how many times... Ray's right. We first weep with those who weep. Easy and I, we received a text, the same text from somebody who's going through some great difficulty. Mm. And I wanted to quickly give advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but we weep with those who weep. Yeah, you're really good at messing up. I, I am very good at messing up. At the right time in the right place. But what we need to do, remember, we we had a friend who had lost his wife when we were ministering together Mm -hmm. at a church, and nobody knew what to say. Mm -hmm. So nobody said anything, and nobody weeped with it. You're you're just, we were mesmerized that this guy went through such hardship. His wife had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Nobody had any idea what to say. And we just didn't say anything, but we didn't even weep with those who wept. So there does come a time, right? There comes a time where we do speak up and we are there. I received, and I, I shared with Easy a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I got a message from a friend of mine who said that he's going to be with his friend because his wife just committed suicide. Mm. And I'm like, what do you need? Mm-hmm. He, he has the scriptures memorized, right? He, he's already there. What, what do you need? Know this, that I'm there. And that's not just an empty platitude. Hey, whatever you need, brother, I'm here. No, you, you need to take that extra step, realizing that they're going through something. And sometimes we go through things that are so difficult, we lose the idea of just functioning properly. Yeah. So you just bring over that food. Yep. You That's just good. pick up their kids from school. You, you just do those things. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. And when the time is right, allow that person to speak up. It's so good, man. I think, unfortunately, one of the most misunderstood, misused verses in a moment like that is James 1, uh, verse 2, kind mm-hmm. of all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because that is often misapplied where it's like, hey, this terrible thing that just happened, the loss of your wife, count that as joy. That's not what that verse means. Mm. That, that phrase, count it all joy, is a bookkeeping phrase. What he means to say is, take an account. You just lost this. That's a debt. That's a terrible thing. But count it all up. Remember the promises of God, the covenant that he has made before you, where you end up going. Count it all up. Take an account of everything you know. And in the end, when all things are said, when the debts are paid, when the pain is experienced, when the promises of God are kept, you will count it all up as joy. Mm. That's what that verse means. Boy, uh, this might sound like a big generalization, but when you look at Psalms, Psalms 
almost always says that. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it's like it, all of Psalms is like a tonic. David's going through just utter depression, and then he just comes to remember the Lord, remember yeah. what he's mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And one of the most insensitive things to say when somebody's going through it like that, Oscar, is, have you moved on yet? Right, yeah. Right, and we, we talk about this, and we've said it in past podcasts. Don't ask somebody if they've moved on. You can come alongside them and say, what are you doing to move forward? Mm. Right, or how can I be with you in this journey? That's exactly right. Yeah, and so often our presence alone and the expression of our love and support can provide so much grounds for joy for God's people. You know, it's that reminder they're not alone. It's Mm -hmm. that reminder that they're loved and cared for. I remember when I went through COVID, I I may have mentioned this, but I, I was really reminded of the value of people reaching out. There were a number of people, a handful of people that texted me almost every day because I went through it badly. I I really did despair of life a few times. It was bad. And there were a few people that almost daily reached out to me. Hey, thinking of you, praying for you. How are you? How's it going? (laughs) And oftentimes I think we try not to do that a lot with people because we don't want to bother them or whatever. It did not bother me one bit. I felt so loved and cared for. And in fact, it, it revived my heart and the importance of doing that for people, you know, and being there for them. And, and I think God takes those little things and he, and he brings sparks of joy hmm. to God's people through them. You know, I think of what it says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of hmm. the Lord is your strength. Yeah. Ray, you're nodding in approval and agreement. Was yes. that one of your verses? No, I was nodding because Mark was doing my thing for me and saying, mm, mm, and you mentioned that <laughs> Bible verse. Oh, oh yeah. that was great. Yeah, but, but there is a strength that comes from joy Yes, uh, that carries us through the difficulties and the battles and the struggles. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk. That's from Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Chapter from That's one of my favorite passages, that reminder. It's There's something powerfully poetic about it that no matter what circumstances arise, I can find joy in the Lord. And we, we've done a podcast on, on that trials and trouble, how to make it through the difficult times and pains of life. But sometimes though, it's not always the difficult trials or, or painful things that rob us of our joy. Sometimes it could just be worldliness. Yeah, it could be good. busyness. Sometimes it's for no reason at all. Yeah. Just so Ray, talk just, about that. You and I have talked about that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll I will get depressed and feel like I'm just like a dark shadow just rips my soul from me for no reason. I've got everything to rejoice about. Name written in heaven. Beautiful wife. Chickens. All these <laughs> chickens. Wait, you said wife and then chickens. Yeah. I didn't hear you mention your kids. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're down they're, the list. They're, 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 <laughs> you get there. No, they've left the house. They're out <laughs> making their own chickens. This is, this is, so, yeah, uh, you've got everything to rejoice about, but you just don't feel like it. And that's when you almost have to be mechanical and say, what's wrong with me? I, I, soul, why are you cast down, David says. And you've just got to pull your soul up by its bootstrings. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> such Reminders of truth. John 16 21, it says, a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice and your joy no one 
will take from you. So wow. good. Oh, I mean, really, I think if there's anything that can cause depression to arise in the heart in the moment of joy, it's the reminder that, oh, this joy may fade. I may walk away from this joy, right? I may, yeah. you know, but that, that thought, when we think about the eternal, no one will take our joy from us. I had that thought the night of my conversion. Explain. what you were talking about. I had such inner joy that was the same feeling I got when I was covered over the wave when I used to go surfing. Just, ah, it was only for a few seconds and then you kick out and you have to go and search for another wave to get that joy back. But I found that wholeness, that joy unspeakable the night of my salvation and I was terrified to go to sleep that night and wake up in the morning and it'd be gone. It's been 50 years. It's still there. <laughs> I've got Amen. it forever. Amen. I like what you, you brought up earlier too, Easy, in the sense that it's not always like seasons of uh, the dark night of the soul. It's, uh, it's not always seasons of the just terrible things happening in our lives. Sometimes we lose a sense of joy because we get distracted from the glory of God. Yes. Right? We get so distracted with the business of our lives, the things that we need to accomplish, or the responsibilities that we have. And I think that the answer in those particular situations is to remember who you are. You are sons and daughters of a Father in heaven who has adopted you into his kingdom. And so there's this, I, I just saw this video. It honestly, it made me cry. It's this boy, he's about four years old, I think. He's blind. Like he had, he had vision up until he, I think he was about two years old and now he's saying. blind. Mm -hmm. he, he can't see anything. And so they're at the hospital room and they've got these big thick glasses and they put the glasses on this four-year-old boy for the first time. Mm. And the four-year-old boy just stops. And he looks over and he makes eye contacts with his dad. Aww. And the four-year-old leans over and grabs his dad's cheek and pulls him closer. And you can see the four-year-old oh, just man. start to wow. cry. <laughs> and they're asking like, do you see, do you see? And he's just wordless. He's just staring into his father's eyes, just like shaking his head yes, crying. Cause he's, he can see his father again, yeah. you know? First uh, Corinthians for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. There will be a time where you will gaze into your heavenly father's face. Mm. And we cannot lose sight of that. If we lose sight of that, we'll forget our joy. But when we turn back and understand who he is and how he has loved us, that is where we will find our everlasting joy. Amen. That right. just made me think of Judas. And how he witnessed Jesus healing blind people yeah. that had never seen, raising the dead, healing the sick, and he wasn't motivated by it. How could his joy not be full at seeing that, like the disciples? It's just a mystery. Well, it's not. It uh, shows the deceitfulness of sin. Yeah, and again, the temporal crowds out the eternal. I mean, think of what Hebrew says, for the joy set before him, right. Jesus endured something as grisly as a cross. And that really is, I think, a very appropriate illustration for us to think about. That was reality, of course, but for us to think of that example, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, right? Like what else shouldn't we endure for the sake of the joy set before us, the eternal, the entering into the presence of God, the vanquishing of all his enemies forever, the ruling and reigning with Christ. Mm -hmm. the, oh, that should consume us and it should carry us through. But I think... I mean, Mark, wouldn't you say our problem is forgetfulness? We just, we lose sight. You just said that. <laughs> I don't remember. 
prove it. Yeah, exactly. You know, in John 15, Jesus gave instruction concerning our joy, right? He talked about abiding in him and obeying him, and this is the text. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Mm. So one of the keys to joy is obedience to God. Matthew 24, 12 says, because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. We lose our tongue of praise. We need to start with a tongue of confession to get back on that straight and narrow path and realizing that we're in a battle. Start with that confession. Who do you need to confess to? Uh, Get back inside the Word. Allow the Word to get back inside of you. Realizing and recognizing what your, your mission is today Look to the Lord, and listen, I think that the joy is going to uh, come back. It's, it is part of a fr- the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Joy, love, peace, right? It's not a singular fruit. It is an all-encapsulated whole fruit that comes out from within when you're born again. Hmm. Yeah. Pulling from a sermon I've preached a million times, stop it, Spence. Mark, uh, easy. <laughs> What's he Mark's doing? Mark's pointing a uh, laser at my eyes while I'm trying to speak. <laughs> Stop it. Now he's doing it to me. Pulling from an old sermon, faith produces joy, joy produces physical energy. Our joy comes from faith. If you believe, you have peace and joy in believing. If I said I'm going to give you guys a million dollars each when this program finishes, and as a token of good faith, I'm going to give you 100,000 right now, and I slide 100,000 to you, you know you're going to get a million (laughs) at the end of the program because I wouldn't have done that as a token of good faith. And the Bible says he has given us the earnest of the spirit that is a down payment of things to come. Our transformation, our new birth, the fact that we're new creatures in Christ with brand new hearts that desire to walk in the statutes of the Lord are a token of faith from God or a token from God that he's going to fulfill his word and grant us everything his word promises. And that immediately should produce a joy as if you're going to get a million dollars in 10 minutes time from me, you should have joy right now as you believe that. Amen. Ray, actually, I'd love for you to tell it. You may have yeah. done before, but the, the, the whole thing of, you know, what joy is when you got that call about something that was coming. I've got Remember? it. I've got it. Got it. I've got it. Oh, that's have? right. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was producing a film uh, called My Friends Are Dying, and uh, things were tight financially. And so I'd applied with a trust in another city for a certain amount of money, thousands of dollars, which is a lot of money back then. And I hadn't heard from them. So I, Friday afternoon as a pastor, I, I called, associate pastor, I called up and I said, have we got that money? And the guy says, I'll just check the records. He goes away, comes back, he says, you've got it, it's yours. And I said, thank you very much. And immediately, as I believed, I was tired on Friday afternoon. I jumped up from my seat, ran down the hall, and I physically yelled out, I've Got it. I actually ran along the pews of the church. It was an empty church building. I said, I've got it. I've got it. What did I have? Absolutely nothing mm. but a promise from a man mm. hundreds of miles away. And I had believed that promise and my faith produced a joy and the joy had produced a physical energy. And when we look at the exceeding great and precious promises of God, we should have joy unspeakable as we believe, and the joy of the Lord will be our strength and give us physical energy to always labor in the Lord. And you that. didn't know who that person was, correct? Didn't have a clue. Never met him before. And never doubted his word for a split second. Well, I knew that money was coming. <laughs> That's great. So how much more should we trust a holy That's God? That's great. Amen. Yeah, amen. And, and I think 
we often miss out on the pathways to certain destinations. And so we don't end up there, right? We want, we want the destination, but we don't want to travel the path to get there, right? That sermon is, if anyone wants to hear it, I think they can hear it on our website. It's called How to Get on Fire for God. Yeah. And it's got three principles of, uh, of obtaining zeal or something like that. Yeah, because a man on fire moves very quickly. That's right, because yeah. I did catch on fire once. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to share that one day, Ray. But, you know, I was talking about the pathway, uh, wanting the destination but not taking the pathway. People want the joy of the Lord, but they don't want to acquire it God's way. And I love what it says in Psalm 1611. Mm-hmm. You make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures evermore. Can I just say something about the right hand of pleasure forevermore? Great study to do at the right hand. What's on the right hand of God? Jesus mm. is in the right hand of God. Oh, that's it's, good. It's always the right. That's where you find your fullness of joy in Christ. Also, I hold my In-N-Out burger in my right hand. <laughs> I use both. I like to have a big burger other, with both hand. On why the other hand? I, why? Why the Arab accent? I didn't know it was Arab. <laughs> <laughs> do an Arab accent, Ray. I got big. Give a easy. Okay, that um, was my doctor, Phil. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Phil. Oh, do Dr. Phil, Ray. You're dying on me. That brings me great joy. Why aren't you laughing, Mark? It's not that funny. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> it's not a dad joke. <laughs> Ray imitating Dr. Phil. What are you doing today? I want to be your friend. Okay. Uh, like my mama always said. Okay. Um, John, uh, where was I? Oh, but that's a good point, right? Jesus, Ray, you mentioned Jesus being at the right hand of the Father. But think of what he said in John 16, 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And, and that, I think that's a good thing to consider. If you're joyless, I mean, if Jesus is saying, ask what you want in his name, you haven't asked anything in his name, ask and you'll receive. Obviously, this is not the prosperity gospel. The, the total context of scripture is asking according to his will, right? And the things that align with his heart and for righteousness, not uh, that you may spend it on your pleasures as James talks about. But if he's saying to us, when we ask for those things, our joy will be full. Why couldn't we ask him for joy specifically when we're joyless? You know? remind me of a C.S. Lewis quote, which he says, no soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. And he quotes the Bible, those who seek find to those who knock, it is opened. Yeah. And the reason why that's true to your point is that our joy, we don't, we don't ask for a new car because it'll bring us joy. When we truly understand what brings us joy, the only thing that we will ask for is more of Christ. Amen. Yeah. I shared with you guys in our leadership meeting yesterday, I think, or the, yeah, yesterday, just about how, as I was seeking the Lord that morning, I was just reminded of, of the times when I have forfeited entering God's presence for whatever reason and, and spending time with Him. And, and yet in that moment, as I was with Him, I sensed such a, a deep sense of joy. And, and I realized in that moment, as it flashed before my eyes, how futile everything else is in comparison mm-hmm. and how so stupid it is to forfeit God's presence. And it's not just an issue of, right, I had my devotional time, I had my time of prayer, whatever, but that should be the catalyst that causes us to constantly be in His presence where there's fullness of joy. And that's what I was trying to say. The pathway to joy is His presence. Mm. And it's not His presence 
P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, his presence, right? And oftentimes we want the presence in order to experience joy. But when we have his presence, we walk in his presence throughout our day. We're, we're conscious of his presence with us and we're integrating God into every aspect of our life. There is joy to be found there. That brings us back to Joss. Jesus, others, (laughs) self. Right. We have to remember that and dwell there in his presence. That's good. But we struggle with that, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With raised hands behind his head. Yeah, we we do. We struggle. And I love this. As Henry Beecher said, the Mm -hmm. test of Christian character should be that a man is a joy-bearing agent to the world. Hmm. Yeah, the world should should be able to see our joy, and and we are ambassadors. What are you guys doing? Mark's taking photos. I'm just putting the earphones on so I look good. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about how you look, right, Ray? Yeah, and I think it comes down to remembering uh, our standing before God. Mm. To live as though we are actually sons and daughters of a God in heaven who rules and reigns over all creation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I once said that in a sermon. What is? I started out by asking, what is the most important thing about you? Yeah. Because if we believe what God says as children of God, that we are sons and daughters of, of a God in heaven who rules and reigns over all creation, or as the, uh, as the catechism, I can't remember which catechism it is, New City Catechism says that our, what is our one hope in life and death, that we are not our own, but we belong to God. If we believe in what God says our standing is before him, then our joy will be everlasting. Yeah. To your point, what happens is that we stop believing what God has to say about his children. We start living as though we are not sons and daughters of a God who rules and reigns as overall creation. We start living as beggars, hoping that we'll get just a, a small parcel of something else that will bring us temporary happiness. We forget who we are before God through the blood of Jesus Christ, which is we are adopted. We are heirs to his kingdom. We are in need of nothing, hmm. but we just, we forget. We don't live that way. We get distracted yeah. by the things of this world. Yeah, it's, it's that spiritual amnesia, right? I've shared before how when Jesus and the disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee, they only had one loaf of bread, right? And Jesus is talking about the leaven of Herod and the Pharisees, and they start to panic. Oh, no, we only have one loaf of bread, right? And they freak out. And then he looks at them and he says, when I fed this multitude, how many baskets of leftovers did you take up? And when I fed this multitude, how many baskets of, no, leftovers? Overs. He didn't say how many people did I feed, how many loaves did I make. Leftovers to indicate the abundance. Leftovers. Leftovers. Overs. I don't believe it enough for life. <laughs> Reminded me of that. Anyway, but what did he say to them then? Having eyes do not see, having ears do not hear, and do you not remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you become hardened of heart? And that's really the, the, the whole point, right? Who of us here, of those of you listening that know the Lord, do not have like boatloads of examples of God's faithfulness in your life, His rescue from times of deep darkness and despair, His time of provision when you thought nothing was going to be provided, His time of encouragement through His Word and other people when you needed it most. I mean, we have a plethora of examples. And in the moment when we experience those things, what were we doing? Rejoicing. Oh, man, the Lord is so yeah. good, right? Surfer. How come you got a valley girl? No, no, that was that a was surfer. That was a valley girl. No, no, that was valley girl a... is, oh, totally, the Lord is so good. <laughs> well, okay. and here's the thing, because you just made me think of this. Oh, sorry, can I finish? Oh, sure. Yeah. No, but right in the moment, we're rejoicing. But then what happens? We forget. 
Mm-hmm. We we totally be, get For, that. Forget what? Forget what? You've I don't remember. That. You've done that. <laughs> yeah. It's remembering who God is, what his word says, his faithfulness, his character, his promise, eternity coming, all of that. And then again, though, because I don't want this all to be about, oh, you need joy because you're going through tough stuff. No. Fight to maintain that joy and to own it by not allowing yourself to get distracted from other things in life. Pursue the Lord. Enter his presence. That's where joy is found. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's a call to gospel repentance in all of this too, because if it's true that we often forget and we stop living as sons and daughters of a God in heaven who rules and reigns over all creation, all we have to do is look to Jesus because it's Jesus who lived perfectly as God's son. And on the cross, he called out to him and he heard nothing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The son who lived perfectly, why was he forsaken? So that we as sons and daughters of God who often forget who we are in that moment of repentance, we will call out to God and he will not forsake us Mm. because the forsakenness has already been placed on Jesus. So the invitation and repentance is to turn back to who we are in Christ, knowing that God will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Amen. You know, you talked about repenting. We should really repent of a lack of joy because a lack of joy shows a lack of faith. Mm. Our joy is a barometer of how much faith we have in God. If, go back to the million dollar thing, if I offer you, say you're going to get a million in 10 minutes or five minutes, and you had no joy about it, it means you didn't really believe. And so, just to a mere man, that's an insult not to have faith. We were joking before about how you just button and say to us guys, well, we're talking, I don't trust you. As a joke. Yeah. But you try that in real life. Just be at the supermarket as you go through the checkout lady stands and say, I don't trust you and see what's going to happen. You're going <laughs> to find enemies everywhere. Yeah. And so if we believe man and we don't do that to man, how much more should we not do it to God? He that believes not God has made him a liar. Yeah. And so we must have let our joy befall because we have faith in God's word and believe his exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. And I'll tell you, for me, one of the things that helps me regain my joy is giving thanks yeah. Yes. Seriously, like just to pause. And I, I love, Mark, that you always mention pausing. It's so profound. And, and I want to talk about I, another idea for a podcast I have that relates to that. But Not in pausing. 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 Yeah. Pause. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> pausing. <laughs> Say pausing, right? Eggs. Say pausing. Pause. No. Ah. <laughs> There's no power in uh, there. But no, but pausing. Pausing to, to give thanks and to think through what God has given us and blessed us with. You know, we have to do that. But, but I, do, I, I do like what Spurgeon said. When the heart is full of joy, it always allows its joy to escape. Mm-hmm. It is like the fountain in the marketplace. Whenever it is full, it runs away and streams. And so soon as it ceases to overflow, you may be quite sure that it has ceased to be full. The only full heart is the overflowing heart. It's so good. Wow. We need to think about that, right? We need to walk in joy for the sake of others. Yeah. Because when we're walking in joy, yeah, it spills over, it touches as it encourages, it inspires. And it gives us that zest, I think, that stirs us to want to share the gospel. Because when we're plugged into all the joy that's connected to who our God is and all that His reality entails, then we're stirred to share the gospel. I've said that before, 
the main motivation of the proclamation of the gospel in Psalm 51 at the end of repentance and confession is the restoration of the joy of, of his salvation. And more than fear and obligation and responsibility, the reason why we share the gospel is joy. We are built to proclaim the thing in which we rejoice over. And yeah. so I've said it before, like when I find an amazing new restaurant, when I watch a great new movie or documentary or come across a great new show, you know what you do when that happens. When you hear an amazing new podcast, the first thing you want to do is share it with other people. Have you been to that restaurant? Have you heard that new podcast? Have you seen that new movie? Yeah. It's so good, right? The joy over that thing is overflowing that you can't help but share it with others. In other words, joy is invitational in nature. We are built to do that. And so our main motivation in evangelism is to rejoice over our own salvation. Yeah. When we truly do that, we cannot help but tell others about that same thing. Yeah, and I mean, that's First Peter 1, 8 through 9, right? That though you haven't seen him, you don't see him now, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, right? For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And that you know, produces that joy in us. So friends, know that. And listen, I, I love what Steve Schwartz said. We can't say that our joy depends on our emotion, but don't buy for a minute that Christian joy is devoid of emotion. God has given us emotions. We have to remember that. We, we really kind of denigrate emotions oftentimes, and for good reason, because people depend on them. But don't forget, God gave us emotions, and in the right context, they're wonderful. And it's good for, for us to experience that, that emotion so that it leads us to that physical energy of joy where we, we let it spill out to the world. And so friends, I'll, I'll leave off with this verse, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So there you have it. Boy, I feel joy. Joy, 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 joy. <laughs> Such a stupid song. Anyway, friends, uh, there you have Father it. Father Abraham had many songs. Oh, boy. Thank you for joining us, friends. We hope you've been encouraged today. Do not forget to check out the Evidence Bible at livingwaters.com. Give us a rating on the platforms that you listen to us through. Please comments. They may get read here. And don't forget to give us any thoughts or ideas at podcast.livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast, where we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs>